This is the Homebrew Game Club, a podcast about modern, brand new aftermarket video games for retro consoles. On this podcast, we pick one game a month to play and talk about. Today's game is The Machine for Game Boy Color. My name is Nick, also known as Divertov, and joining me today are... My name is Bart, also known as Clever Username Needed on um, the Instagram. And I'm Connor Nash, also known as Connor Nash on Twitter and on Mastodon. Twitter and Mastodon. Are you on Twitter much anymore? You know, dude, it's it's starting to kind of be less and less interesting to me. I don't know what's happening to it. I don't know what's going on. But it's like, whether it's this For You tab versus the following tab or oh, whatever. The For You tab is just a shit show. It's, that's oh, a, my yeah, God. But even the following tab is just like, I don't know. They've just, there's something has changed with it. And it's like, I just have to go further and further between anything that's even engaging anymore. It's it's becoming so janky. And, you know, I've I found like following current events now is fucking impossible. Because what they've what they've done with the fucking check marks now, you I have no idea like who is an actual journalist and who is just some random bullshitting account. I guess the people who are running Twitter now think that's fine. There's no, you know, I, I mean, because they hate media, I guess. I don't know. But I, I just felt like that was what it was so useful to me was to going in there and like following current events. And I, it's just like now I have no idea what the fuck is going on. I just find it useless for that. I, I mean, there's still a lot of like homebrew developers on there. That's why I get mm. on. But yeah, I just otherwise just find it completely useless. I mean, God, I, I still I don't use it as much for current events. But even when it's like people are following from homebrew or other tech things, their content just doesn't seem to get surfaced as much. Like, I don't know what's happening with the recommendation or if it's like active yeah. or just passive, whatever. But like, I'm just not seeing as much of the good stuff. I don't know. Like I just, yeah. I used to no, get, I get on. It. I totally get it. And like I, I don't the know. first like three tweets that like I landed on in a morning were just like, yeah, this is what I want to see, and I would like engage with it, and I maybe I'd like like or retweet or whatever. But now I'm just like, nah, I'm okay. And it's just like, like Mastodon is not exactly great for that either. But like, they're Mastodon, dude. Like they're not a massive tech company. It's just some German guy who's called Eugen, like who's just like running this himself. Right. Like if he can compete at that level, it's kind of like, guys, what are you doing? You've something's gone wrong. Well, I've hated Twitter since day one, so uh, yeah, nothing's changed for me. Okay, good, good for you, Bart. Maybe yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll join that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get started, I would like to remind everyone that on this podcast, we believe in honest opinions, but we also understand that many of these games are not made by professionals. They are labors of love. Also, as a note to our listeners, we are not game developers ourselves. We are just fans. So please keep that in mind as we offer up any criticisms of these games. Guys, the machine. Guys, I played this game a handful of times and I didn't see Bert Kreischer or any Russians once. You what know, of all the, going the on? fucking months that I could have written, like done an episode on the machine, I just happened to do it like exactly the same time that there was some movie coming out called The Machine, which I previously had never even heard of. Bart, can you describe the machine? 
the fucking movie. Tell me oh, about this movie. What what the hell is this? I have not seen the movie because the movie doesn't come out until one week from the day we recorded this film or this uh, podcast. But <laughs> literally the same time. It's going to drop the same fucking week. Jesus. Yeah. It depending. You know, if you put this, if you drop this, um, you should just wait and drop drop this episode on Friday. On and Friday then we can just say, all right, the like, movie comes out. Yeah, this is it. The machine, the machine, the machine is out today, guys. People looking on Apple um, Podcasts for their their machine fix are gonna get us coming right up. Oh, that's right. Maybe yeah. we will jump on that SEO coattails. Mm, yeah. Oh, that is a good idea. So, can we can we talk here. about Mark Hamill during this podcast so I can put him in the notes? Can we just maybe just have a sidebar about what a what a great voice actor he is on all the games that he's done? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I don't think we oh, need to man. wait. We can just say that. Mark Hamill's so good. I yeah. love Mark Hamill, and I have. Have you guys seen John Carpenter's um, movie from the mid-90s, Village of the Damned? No. He's in that, and he plays like oh, a he? priest okay. in, the mo- in the movie. And like the kids, uh, you have to watch Village of the Damned. It's I totally very do. good, and he is awesome well, in it. Yeah, I will link to that in the show notes. So speaking of the machine, you asked me earlier... <laughs> <laughs> the machine was a stand-up bit by a comedian named Burt Kreischer, who is, honest to God, one of the funniest comedians I've ever heard. The man is a master storyteller. His new special that's on Netflix, I'm, I, I'm sounding like a fanboy here, but I am. It made me laugh harder than any other stand-up special I think I've ever seen. It's hilarious. And this, this, this stand-up bit that he did, which is basically a story of him telling uh, the tale of when he was in college, how he got... Uh, involved with the Russian mafia is one of the best like nine minute stand up bits that you could watch. And I highly recommend everybody to just find it on YouTube and watch it. If you haven't seen it and you don't know what it is, it's freaking hilarious. And based on the premise of that story, they created a movie and uh, it's coming out. Hopefully the day this uh, podcast releases in which Mark Hamill plays his dad. Yes. Yeah. So he, yeah, he goes to Russia and he he gets drunk with the Russian mafia and yeah, it's it's pretty funny because it happened when he was in college. So uh, Jimmy Tatro, who was in um, what was the name of that f- mockumentary that he was in, American Vandal, is that what it was called? It was on I Netflix. Don't know. I don't know. Um, and he's also in some, a new movie coming out this summer called Theater Camp. Uh, he plays young Bert Kreischer, and then apparently. They come back for him later as an older person. So they actually have Bert playing himself as an, I don't want to say as an old man because the guy's like 50, but for all you young whippersnappers out there interested in <laughs> homebrew NES, you're probably not 50. I'm not 50, but that's still not old. Fuck you if you think it is. No, <laughs> 50. <laughs> Just a, a young, what are you now, 45? Yeah. 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 Not that old. What is funny to me is that that movie could not be more different from the game we're about to talk about today. No shit. <laughs> like that, so like take a big a, left turn here. Big left turn here. Absolutely nothing to do with each other. At this point, if you have decided to listen to this podcast based on the title, you're going to want to just like immediately stop listening. <laughs> no, I think some... you should keep listening because I have not seen the movie The Machine yet, but if it's half as good as this game, I'll I'll be happy. Yeah, a spoiler alert on my opinion, but I did like this game a lot. There's some comedy movie fans out there who've already gotten this far. They're like, what the fuck am I listening to? All right. Yeah, The Machine for Game Boy Color. Uh, this game was created with GB Studio by Ben Jelter. Looks like he has also been a comic book artist. He's got one called Heliosphere. 
and he's working on some other Game Boy games. But this one was released in June of 2022. I it came on my radar. I had heard, seen a few people mention it. I got over on the uh, the Incubate Games website, and I was looking around at some of their stuff. They they're publishing Dead AS right now. They've got a lot of really good Game Boy games. They they seem to be kind of like the broke studio of uh, of Game Boy publishers in that like they're really high quality stuff. But this one I, I looked at. Uh, I, I didn't really know anything about it, but it's a it's a uh, sci fi dystopian kind of thing, which is right up my kind of alley. So I, I downloaded it and I tried it out. And I, after a few hours into the game, I was like, man, we have got to talk about this one on the podcast. You can get a demo of this game is on itch.io, or you can get the full game at Incubate Games. They have the digital as well as the physical is now back in stock as well. So guys, what kind of game is this? Describe this game. It's a walkie talkie, bro. It's a walkie talkie. What does that mean? It's a walkie talkie. Who wants to, let's see, what, what is a walkie talkie? What are we talking about? Not me. I, I talked about it on the last walkie talkie we did. <laughs> <laughs> walkie talkies game where you arrive as a main character, a protagonist whom you control directly. And this character has one superpower. They can talk to other characters. Oh, he's two. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, he can walk. Two, yeah, walk and he can talk. talk. He can talk. Jesus, Connor, you fucked it up. <laughs> well, I would have said that like you can move, you can walk in most games, but in other games you can't talk, right? If Mario could just talk to the Goombas, right, that would be a completely different game. They could just work it out. They could just work it out, right? Or, right. They if, might piss if, him off, and he'll step on him faster. Right? If I yeah. if I could just talk to those blocks in Tetris and tell them to just go into the right little spaces, right? That would be like think about that as a conversation. You know, you, you talk to these blocks, but in in this game you talk to other cogs so to speak in the machine you talk to other machine parts of this city right. in a bottle which is well i don't know are we getting away from what the game is and into what the theme of it is yeah well i did, i did just want to say like walkie talkies if you go back and listen to our what remains episode we actually defined this term we coined the term it's our term if you use the term you have to credit us <laughs> our term. okay you have to credit homebrew game club if you use the term walkie walkie talkie but I keep seeing this genre of game. I think this this type of game comes from it's maybe related to like old PC adventure games. Like I'm thinking like it's kind of like a you know, sort of like a King's Questy kind of thing, you know, that that sort of Sierra online where you walk around and you you can, you know, point and click click on stuff, but you're also walking and talking. Right? Walking, talking. But I was thinking about this. If you drew a Venn diagram, okay. And you had three circles in your Venn diagram. One of them was point-and-click adventure games. One of them was visual novels. And the other was like top-down, old-school JRPGs, right? I think the walkie-talkie genre would be like right in the middle of those three circles. And the reason why I think it's important to define that is because it seems to be so popular with these GB Studio games. I, I have opened up GB Studio myself, and you you, it's an extremely inviting little app. Like, I feel like I could probably figure out how to make a game on this, which is saying something, because I am not, I am not programmer brained. I don't have you, that mindset. Okay. You need to make a homebrew game club game. Homebrew game club, the game club. Yes. Yes. Oh, and then we can sell clubs. It's homebrew <laughs> game club, the game club. And then, <laughs> the game oh club. my God. Hey, wow. Oh, dude. Oh, wow. All right. We're going to be so rich. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to sell tens of them. Tens. 
<laughs> but yeah, we played a few of these. Dead AS was an example. What Remains was was one for the NES. I don't see mm-hmm. them a lot on NES, but yeah, for, for Game Boy, this seems to be very, very common. It's also kind of like story-wise, I would say we've we've talked about how, you know, Dead AS, we brought this up, this kind of like choose-your-own-adventure style. You know, and I, I'm I'm trying to remember what other recent uh, game. Connor, you talked about like playing these game books where you've got a book and you had like dice to yeah. roll with the game book. Yeah, it's like the old analog version of this, like the choose your own adventure books, which I think most people in the US are familiar with, where you like, you know, if you decide to take the left path, turn to page 16. If you take the right path, turn to page 19. Yeah, it's that. But with like, if you rolled a six, your attack succeeds and go to this thing. So it's kind of like more randomness as opposed to like, you just kind of picking something so it right. kind of like and maybe you've got like a table of how many hits you get or something like that or like your character stats so it kind of like makes it more like a D kind of experience right yeah but oh, fundamentally it's the same idea of like these kind of branching paths you being the kind of main character and following those paths down these different choices that get made right yeah for me it felt a lot like the first time i played maniac mansion mm-hmm. in that not not necessarily the point and click, like use key in door, like that kind of stuff. It's not really that. More along the lines of there are so many choices and, you know, the choices you make can get you just wildly different endings. And it's, yeah. oh, God, I would love to see the decision tree for this freaking game. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was on the Discord and somebody was starting to put one together. That's and so it was, cool. I think they just chipped into it and it was already getting pretty big. So as we've kind of hinted at, this is a very narrative focused game. It's very story focused. I think this walkie talkie genre is all about narrative gameplay. The mechanism here is is that you play through the game over and over and over again. The developer describes it in the instruction manual as a pancake style story. So it is you think a pancake, it's very wide, okay? It's it's not very deep. It's you know, you maybe only got like three, three or four pancakes stepped on top of each other. So it's like three, three, four, five chapters, depending on how far you get through the game. But it's very broad. So there are many different ways that you can go through the story. And the idea is you you live the life over and over again of this character who is living in a giant uh, allegory. Uh, it's a giant machine. Okay. It's a machine that is kind of an allegory for society. Right. But it's a very, it's a dystopian science fiction kind of setting. Connor, you said city in a bottle. This is this science fiction trope of you think of a society that is self-contained in, um, you know, some kind of like arc, some kind of ship, some kind of, uh, you know, I I think Logan's run wasn't Logan's run inside of like a dome or something like this. It's fucking Mortal Engines. That's what I was just about to say. Mortal Engines is absolutely what it is. Mortal Engines. Yeah, this is one of the biggest box office bombs of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Which was... (laughs) Uh, a movie released in 2018, I think. And literally, it's like cities are now these mobile, mechanical, moving cities. Like, they just have, like... Yeah, like okay. London's on a giant tank. Yeah. Nice. And you, it just it consumes other cities. Literally, like, opens up a maw and just, can like, eats these smaller cities on this continent okay. of Europe. And, yeah, that's yes. that's kind of how I imagine what the machine looks like. Yeah, I think that's what you're doing here. Yeah, this this trope, you've seen it a lot. I said Logan's Run. I think of in video games, I think of the vaults and Fallout. 
you know, which are these little human social experiments. There's a game called Beneath a Steel Sky that I kept thinking of. Uh, it used to be if you if you got on GOG, good old games, you would get this game for free. That's how I got it. But Beneath a Steel Sky is awesome. I will say it, it is a very good game. It is it is very similar to this one in that it has uh, it's sci-fi dystopian. It's also very dark humor, which this game has a lot of. Other, you know, you think of like, I know there's episodes of Star Trek that have been like this. You think about a setting a bottle, you think of a civilization that is self-contained, but there's also things may not be what they seem, right? So maybe people are brainwashed, uh, stuff like that. Other vibes, I think um, I'm looking at like, I'm thinking of Metropolis, Terry Gilliam's Brazil, that movie, Philip K. Dick, uh, several people in the Discord mentioned Snowpiercer, so uh, all that kind of thing. So if those names like push your buttons, ooh. This this is your kind of game. You should play this. Yeah, the game is also it's it's a satire, so it's it's very funny. It works as a it's got a there's some political satire, some social satire, media satire, all that stuff. It's a very funny game. It's very very dark humor. I think it has to be very funny because if it were not, it would be incredibly depressing. The game is also incredibly dark. Holy shit, this is a dark game. Ugh, it's one of the darkest <laughs> games I've ever played, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it is extremely dark. There are times where I played through a loop of this game, and I set it down, and I was just like, holy shit, what did I just watch? Yeah, every every run through the game ends in a death, and it ends a little epilogue. And then it, you start over again, you you know, and the machine grinds on is what it says. You know, you just keep grinding. Here's the thing about this game is that when you're the entire point of the game is to experience the narrative, experience this society through all of these different kind of paths that you can take, you know, the different professions you can have, the different social classes that you can mingle with and, you know, your intelligence, uh, your your education level and things like this. So it's a very, it is literally a stratified kind of society. So the story takes wild branching paths. <laughs> like <laughs> the game is constantly surprising. And I, I don't know how to talk about the game without giving that away. So if you have not played the game and you're interested in it, you know, we're not going to spoil everything, but we can't talk about the game if we're not going to give away like major plot points. You need to understand that if we're going into this, this is a game club format. We're speaking as people who have already played the game. And assuming you have too. Yeah. And assuming you have too. Exactly. And if you, you know, maybe you don't like this style of game. Maybe you know you're not going to play it. Then you, you maybe you'll enjoy this, this talk anyway. But this is just a warning. Moving forward, we're going to be spoiling a lot of the plot. That's just the nature of this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> how did we play this game? How did we play this game? I played on an emulator for the first run through. The second run through, I, I also played on the emulator. But then I got, I borrowed your EverDrive and played it on my Game Boy Advance. And I played for maybe 20 minutes before oh, I is got. Is that all you got? 20 minutes? I, I just, my, my Game Boy Advance is an old one. It's from like 2000, I don't even know, four or five. It's the, the one that looks like the NES. It's a flip, flip top one. Yeah. And it, it, the screen is really dim. The screen is really small and I have 45 year old eyes and it was just impossible for me to see and read everything. And plus my hands are bigger than that controller. And I, it just, I turned it off and just came home and played again on the, you know, played a couple more times on the, uh, on the emulator. The Achilles just, heel of a handheld walkie talkie game is reading text. Uh, yeah. I think we should just yeah. kind of make that really well, clear. And I have to say, so I did play this game as well on your 
Game Boy Advance because I was testing out my new EverDrive cart. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, like, the, the Game Boy Advance SP, which is when they first had a backlit screen on a Game Boy, I think that was probably revolutionary for its time if all you had played up until that point was these Game Boys that don't have backlight. You know, I have a Game Boy Advance right here that does not have a backlight, and it's just really hard to use. You know, I have to set on her lamp or something like that. So I would have been extremely happy to get any kind of a light. I have to say, like, I did not find it a very good screen. It's very dim. Even with the light, I found it like hard to see a lot of things. It's super it's also dark. Almost twenty years old too, so that could have something to do with maybe that. it. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it just needs a tune up or something like that. I have seen people like mod those with new screens. I played it on my modded Game Boy Color, so I have a brand new like modern LCD screen on that thing, and I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. The size of that screen is like a postage stamp. It's like it's maybe half the size of the one on your Game Boy Advance. It might right. be smaller than that. To be fair, though, my Game Boy Advance has been. I still have the original box that it came in and all the paperwork and everything, and it's been sitting in that box for 15 years. Like I, I played it for a few years when I first got it, and then I just repackaged it and put it on my shelf. And it's been sitting there, you know, in a climate controlled room for 15 years. Yeah. So it's not like it's been like in a garage or in an attic or something. But right. I don't know. Maybe it's just just the age or the technology wasn't as good when it first came out. Like it, like you said, it yeah. was a breakthrough. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I did not enjoy playing it on your Game Boy Advance. Yeah. In fact, we were we were talking about another game that we're we're possibly going to play next on this podcast. And uh, I just could not. I can't, man. I got to play it on an emulator. Or what I'm going to do, I think I'm going to get my uh, my Game Boy Advance here that I've gotten and modify it with a new screen because I just I could not. Your GBA SP was just not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, Connor, how did you play the game? Emulator on my Mac emulator. Um, and with a eight bit Doe controller. Ooh, nice, very nice. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, as I said, I played it on Game Boy Color pretty much the entire time. I did not once play this on an emulator. So the entire, my whole experience, and I probably put 10 to 12 hours into the game, and I played the whole thing on a Game Boy Color. I didn't have any problem with it. I think the game is, because it is, it can be very repetitive and that you, you play the game loops over and over again, especially like several hours that you put into the game, you're going to mm-hmm. play a lot of the same stuff over and over again. I did find it as a Game Boy Color game where I could just stick the console in my pocket, pull it out, play it for five minutes, put it back. You know, like that's that's a pretty good way to play the game. But, okay, we already laid down our spoiler alert. So from this point on, watch out. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> okay, guys, what works about this game for you? Who wants to go first? I, I Maybe I can. I, I don't know. There's uh, There's a <laughs> lot of stuff that works. For me about this game the fact that it's not a platformer (laughs) 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 that's great because i just the last game we played was such a tough tough platformer and it was discouraging to me but then getting into this it's very low pressure i guess you know it was true the i've said it before but the the size of the decision tree in this game is mind-boggling to me for something on a game boy and it's like I played through like to just today before we started playing, uh, I wanted to get back in and try to play a run through where I became a police officer and I thought I was going to do it, but I ended up getting recruited by the secret service. And so I did the secret service run and that was, (laughs) it took two hours to play and there's like at least five key points during this run where there were major decisions that had to happen. And I wish I could, I could have like I I should have 
used the save state and then gone back and like try to yeah, but- play out the play out the other direction. But it's just that's the one thing that that I didn't care for was like having to start over and like run through it all again. But you kind of have to if you want to get the perfect score on the to. test. You know, well, and you said save states. I found so my my EverDrive has I can keep one. It's a GBX seven, I guess something like that. But mm-hmm. it'll hold one save state at a time per game, Whoa. which is you know not ideal. You think about my I think my uh, the one that I've got for NES has like ninety nine save states or something. I can't remember. But the thing is, save states in this game, like if you want to get the achievements and stuff like that, that's yeah. it, they really don't work. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a game where you can really use save states. You know, you... And the other thing is, like, okay, I'm going to drop a save state here because I got a big decision coming up I got to make. Oh, boy. So you drop the save state. Well, then you got... You keep playing, and then you got, like, 10 more big decisions you got to make. And it's like, oh, God. And then you have like, to draw <laughs> a little decision tree yourself. You really do. Of your yeah, save really states do. and how they relate to each other. And then... I don't know how many times that I was playing this game, and I was like, God, I wish I had been taking notes from the beginning because I don't even know how to get some of these endings I got. You know, because I played this game for a while. I played it. I put I put probably five or six hours into it, but it was like back in October. So I don't I don't even remember how to get that shit anymore. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I definitely agree that like the variety and I don't know what you want to say, like volatility of the choices is really really interesting in this game, and it is like really makes it. You, you know, you you know, like okay, this is an important decision, but you. You don't necessarily know what that's going to mean. I think that's a really interesting part about the the narrative of the game. Like, you know, it's an important decision. You don't know what's going to change when you pick a certain thing. You just know it's important, and then right. that means that you're kind of like you're you're really open in the game. You're like, I, I'm open. What's going to happen? Maybe I should explore back over this other. Maybe maybe something else has changed. I don't know. And you kind of like you're you're very naturally inclined to explore which I think is really hard to get people to do in a walkie-talkie. Yeah. For example, we were talking about What Remains recently. What Remains has a very clear, like, you know, you press start to see where you're supposed to go next. Like, it's very clear where you're <laughs> right, supposed sure, to go. Yeah. Whereas with this, it's it, sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not. There are parts where it could be frustrating, but I think mostly that's avoided just because you kind of you know, you find other things as you go exploring that lead to other decision points that you take. So, yeah, I, I want to agree. Like, the decision tree slash variety of decisions that you can take and the kind of nature of those decisions, the fact that they're like, that it doesn't really feel immediately like, oh, this is the obvious answer. I feel like that really works towards, the, I suppose, the dystopian nature of the game, but also just, like, having fun with the game. Right. Yeah. So the story here, I, I guess we should clarify, if you're listening to this and you haven't played the game, you start out in a classroom. Every single run through the game, you start out in a classroom. And there you're is, you're late, you're always late. You have to take a test. And this test determines your entire fate, right? Your, the course of your life through this society is going to be determined by this one exam. Mm-hmm. And it's questions about the machine that... It's it's funny because the first time you play the game, they're all multiple choice, and you have no idea what you're doing, right? So you're maybe you're cheating off of other students, or you're just answering whatever you want. And the outcome of the test determines which options are available to you through the game at the at the start of the game. And it, and what's interesting is that the answers to the test are revealed to you through gameplay. 
So as you're playing through the game, you might come across the answer to one of these things and a little box pops up and says, that's the answer to a test question. And then so the next time you play through, it'll be highlighted like you've got the answer to that now. And the idea is you keep playing through the game. You you go through these different these different, uh, you know, the different jobs that you have and the different actions that you take over the course of that life. Mm-hmm. And then you start over again and you get better and better at the test until finally, once you get a perfect score on the exam, then other areas of the game open up to you. And to me, that becomes kind of like, that's sort of like the end game at that point where, mm-hmm. you know, that you, you can go to some very, you know, revealing parts of, of the story. But, you know, the game is, I think it's a very interesting way to gatekeep people. And I think it works really well. I think it also is one of those, it straight away goes back to what you're saying about the save state problem. Because you think to yourself, okay, why do I have to remember all this lore in the game? Actually, if you just keep playing the game, because the game, when you die or reach the end of a particular story, it just restarts in this classroom. And the game remembers which answers you should know. Right. And it'll highlight those in the test. Right. So this is just another element of how it kind of it defeats to some extent like the save state way of playing through the game because you want to play through to the end of every, let's say, tree, like branch that you could take so that you can just start again and be like, oh, I got all that extra knowledge now. I'll know that for the test and blah, blah, blah. Right. So I think that's a, just a really... It's just one of those little nice touches that I think could easily have been left out, but the fact that it was thought to be left in was really just thoughtful and really makes the game more like like you want to keep doing repetitive play. You want to do more and more of these playthroughs. Right. It's funny because I would have, if I had just picked this game up randomly and like started playing it and I'd be like, what the fuck is this? I don't know any of this on the <laughs> test, right? Yeah. It's it's very discouraging. So if somebody's picking it up and playing it and thinking they're, their game is broken or it's weird or something. It's like, no, this is just the weird start to the game that makes sense the more you play it. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so cool how it slowly reveals itself to you. Yeah. It is such a well-paced game. It really yeah. is. And it's one of those things that I would like to know what the ultimate, I say that in air quotes, like what is the ultimate ending to this game? You know, because there's so many out there. I'm just, I'm curious. Mm. That's, that's one What's of those. the canon ending? So there are, t- there's advertised is being 25 endings in the game. And I, I don't know how many you guys got, but I, I probably hit about, I want to say around 15. I kind of lost count, but I probably seen about 15 by this point, give or take a few. I probably got like 12. Okay. Something like that. I mean, because it's like, sometimes you get the same ending different ways, right? Like, so it's like. I mean, if you want to count every single yeah. branching path that I went down, probably more than right. 12, but yeah. And I, a lot of times like I would, I would get a very similar ending, but there would be like two or three things, like minor differences. And I don't know if they're counting those as different endings, but you know, right, that kind right. of thing. I do want to talk about the story just a little bit more. Just as I said, it, I was always constantly surprised at the directions the story took. Because wherever you think this game is going, you are wrong. Yeah, it is. Going, it is going to surprise you. And the thing that I found really unique is that it is never it never feels cheap. There's never like a plot, like some kind of like twist ending. Oh, it was this all along. Like that's it always feels like it. It earned it. You know, do, like do we nothing. Want, do we want to take turns just saying like things that you can do in the game? Like, yeah, let's like talk about some of the things that like, you can do while I'm you're playing. I'm just going to say one like 
become a police officer. Right. You can yeah. become a police officer. A factory worker. So the thing that I liked, back to what Nick said. Bart, you're not playing the game. You're oh, the, the I am playing. The, I am here. playing the game, but I'm I'm saying more words than you guys did. Okay. <laughs> right. So the thing That's that I liked, back to Nick's point, was you know you never know which direction the thing is going, and I wanted to try to become a police officer, right? And I screwed it up somehow. <laughs> I got I got kicked out of the police academy, and I ended up. Take dying of a drug overdose in the basement in basement two in a drug den. <laughs> That's how I ended up. Yeah. Then another one. I I see all these levels and all I wanted to do is get to the top the top level, and I tried to do that way, and then I ended up assassinating a candidate for president <laughs> instead. You yeah. know. And then I'm like, all right, well, let's see if I can go down and infiltrate the basement. Or no, it was the factory worker thing. So I wanted to try to make money. So I was like, I want to go to the factory and maybe I'll try to. I don't know, be a kiss ass and become the boss at the factory. Right. So I spoiler alert, worst way to make money. (laughs) I busted the union and then some man a suit comes down and is like, you got moxie kid, follow me. And then all of a sudden I'm the fucking high chancellor running the whole machine. You know, it's like, it's yeah, you never know which way it's going to go or how to get what you think you want to get. And that's one of the things that I really liked about it. So yeah, to your point, Connor, uh, another thing you can become is high chancellor on the council. You could have just said high chancellor or chancellor. You could have just no, said I, I, there's more stuff. Like I don't know. You know, you talk about Groundhog Day and like you know how Bill Murray would get up in the morning and like he'd he'd be like, okay, today I'm going to learn how to play piano or whatever. Like yeah, I mean, there's a run. Th- I do a run through this game and it's just like I'm just going to become the biggest fuck up that I can. You know, and it is so liberating yeah. to intentionally get every question on that test wrong and just bust out of that classroom. Like I am determined to be a fuck up. It's like, yes, here we go. And yeah, I quit my job at the police academy. I, I became a druggie. I, I joined a hippie commune. You know, I briefly became an artist. Like all this, like, it's insane. <laughs> like, you know, it's, you pick this thing up. It is literally a tiny game. It is on a Game Boy cartridge, you know, and mm-hmm. it is astoundingly deep. It is, you know, if you think of a game like Dead Aeus, I mean, Dead AS is like a, a, a well-done short story. This is like a fucking novel, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it takes the same kind of mechanics and it just takes them in so many, um, so many directions. Like, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say there's a special place in my heart for Dead AS, And I'm, I'm going to save that for later for why. But I will say we've talked a lot about the story. I do also want to mention one thing Dead AS does not have at all that this does have in, in spades is mini games. Yeah. Like there is actually a lot of mini games in this that True. Yes. you effectively grind at a little bit to kind of progress through certain paths. Like if as a factory worker, you have to sort boxes. As somebody who rigs elections, you have to rig elections. Like that's a mini right. game. <laughs> I tried to rig the election for the other party, like the opposite of what they told me to do. It became impossible to do. And, and all I did sudden, that too. Yeah. I don't yeah. always know if they have an effect on the outcome. That's, I don't know. That's one of the things where, like, there's there's a lot of depth, but there's also it's it's very good at hiding if there's not depth. Yes. So right. I'll, that's yeah. why I'm like maybe. But the the mini games are really interesting in that. I mean, let's go through the mini games. There's a slide puzzle. <laughs> take a drink, right? Oh yeah. man, there is a slide puzzle. Hold I on, I haven't, got, I haven't got to my criticisms of the game yet, but yes, there is no a slide puzzle. <laughs> uh, there's what else is there? What are those like? Or what other mini games are there? Oh, there's sorting the boxes, sorting so the boxes, the vote election. sorting. 
Yeah. Well, there's there's actually like a DNA splicing. One DNA one splicing. That's the right. worst yeah. one. I think we can agree to that right away. It's a very tough one. Yeah. Uh, target, target practice one. The target practice. Target practice. Yeah, there's, there's like a, um, oh my god, there's like a, yeah, there's Then you a, go to the arcade, there's oh, yeah. a racing game, there's a motorbike game called yeah, there are, get, I didn't even I didn't even get to those. Yeah, I, I There's a claw machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, there I, you go. Yeah. Claw, I never, I, the claw machine, fuck the claw machine. I, I could never win the claw machine. I did play. I was so pissed. At what's that. the name of, uh, Heliosphere, that's another game that you can play I didn't even know in that. the arcade. Yeah, and I think that's based on his comic book that he did. Yeah. I didn't even know you could play that. There you go. Yep. So I'm I'm assuming that there's something maybe not something that happens through the arcade. But so I I want to I want to like one of the things I want to kind of like thread through this is I think the fact that this is a GB Studio game works really in a positive way for this game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I don't. I mean, Ben's obviously talented, but I don't think he hand coded all of these mini games from scratch himself. Right. Right. There's yeah. Clearly, some template or way you can use gb studio to say like i kind of want to put a three by three slide puzzle in here and it probably makes that quite easy for you hmm. so that's good i want to just like get that out there i think this that maybe some kind of group who think that like oh no if you didn't code it yourself with the you know a, a needle and a magnet and like that's it like no it, it's you want to be able to make a story and GB Studio is clearly giving people the tools to make great stories. I think Dedius is also a GB Studio. Yeah, title. yeah, it is. Right. So I'm just seeing like this is a really great, for me, example of how GB Studio empowers artists and empowers creatives to make something that I don't think they could have done maybe in any other medium. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I think you see, like I, I, I've i mentioned uh, Triptych on this podcast before, which is a game that uh, Crazy Group Trio is working on for NES, and that's a very similar kind of game as well. There are multiple genres in that game. But, you know, we just talked to Kevin Hanley about Nescape, where, I mean, it, that's another one where there's basically a lot of mini games as you're trying to do this escape room, and every single mini game that's in that was something new that he had to program. Mm-hmm. It was like an entirely new game engine inside of the game. And I think, yeah, I think it's it's fascinating and i think it's great to see stuff like that here it does it feels like there's a lot of variety i do think it it breaks up the story pretty well uh one thing that i'll say about the mini games that even when they are they are often kind of you know i want to say you're performing actions that are are very monotonous or boring but i mean it's meant to be that way you're you're meant to feel these things you know like when you're sorting boxes that's a pretty boring mini game that's what you, know, you do but if you're a factory worker. <laughs> that's what you do if you're a factory worker, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's you're meant to experience the tedium of sorting boxes, you know? Uh, Bart, you were talking about taking the test and how you, when you first get to it, you're like, what the hell? I, what am I doing here? Am I, you know, this sense of like confusion and anxiety about taking a test. I mean, that's great. If a game can make me feel what the character is feeling through actions, mm-hmm. you know, like that to me is kind of, that's kind of like video games are uniquely good at that. That through their very mechanics that you can feel what the, the main character is supposed to be feeling. I do get that sense a lot from the the mini games in this. Did you guys get caught cheating on the test? I feel like I did do that on one run. Yeah, and you get thrown out of the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I actually I actually didn't do that. No, I now I'm gonna go back and do that. Yeah, and don't tell the truth to the cops about your drug habit. <laughs> That's another thing. That's a fun one, yeah. I've done that. Well, so yeah, that's a thing that the game does really well is that it, it has these, uh, it makes you make these moral choices, you know, and the choices that you make, there's, there's very often like you can be 
you can make the good ethical decision, or you can do something that's a little more morally compromised that you might personally benefit from that would screw other people over. And you know, the thing is, if you do the ethically correct thing, it's often the worst decision. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about if you're working in the factory and, uh, you know, you come in one day and there's a, there's a, a job and it's like, Hey, I want you to, I want you to sort boxes and we're, we're all going to have a contest in the, yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> you know, that one pissed like, me off just on a, we're going to work a thing. Go ahead. Keep going. I, yeah. But you go happen? in there and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I can do this. I can beat, I can beat the record, you know, 14. That's not bad. And, you know, and you do this incredibly tedious little mini game, but you do it and you beat the record and everybody's like, yeah, you beat the record. Well, what happens? He just raises everybody's quotas and now all the other employees hate you. Yep. You know, and I mean, like that, that kind of thing. It, and that's what I mean when I say the game always surprised me. Like I never quite knew where it was going because I, I normally in a game, you'd get a little reward for beating the record. Right. And it's like, now it's a, it's a negative reward, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't call this like a critique of capitalism. Exactly. I think it's, or democracy or anything like that. It's um society. Yeah. I think it's, you know, you look at a game like what remains and it's very obvious that it's critiquing kind of modern capitalist society and you know it's got this environmental angle and it's critiquing the media but at the end of the day like everything is happy and works out fine whereas here it's like even the good endings are shitty (laughs) right yeah because you depressing you know yeah like i i got an ending that i thought would probably be the best possible ending through the game so i I started running for president and I switched parties to the, the Mawa party. So it's very funny in this. This is the satire part. There's two, there's two political parties. There's the wolf party, which is it's the wolves and the Mawa, which is literally just the sheep. Okay. So, but no, I started, I was the sheep party and I, I won. And then when I, I became chancellor, I was pretty uh, kind of a hard ass and I consolidated power and I, I governed in, you know, I redistributed some of the wealth, but I, I, you know, maintain democracy. And I mean, I, I made a lot of human rights improvements and stuff like this. And I was celebrated and people made a statue out of me. And I was, I went down in the history books as one of the, the most respected leaders in the history of the machine. And, and then the epilogue is, and then eventually people forget about you and later administrations or whatever, undo all of your reforms and the machine grinds on, you know, it's like, even the good innings suck because it's like, that's the whole point is that you can't win. You can't win. You can't. Life's a bitch, and then you die. <laughs> yeah, I got to right. the I got to the president thing, running through the Wolf Party. Yes, and, like you get in, and then all of a sudden, there's this agent that comes up. It's like we have spying technology that allows us to spy on the entire council. Three of these council members are trying to fuck you, and like, what do you want to do? And it's like, do you want to expel yeah, pardon them? them? The yeah, do you pardon them? Pardon or them or kill them? them. <laughs> yeah, and I had him killed. Yeah. And like, and then well, it you like, have to. I totally had him killed, and then. You know, but I I did get the victory banner, so that was that was my ending. It was like victory, and there's like yeah. a flag with your face on it or whatever. Yeah. Oh man. But know. then you die, and the machine grinds on. The yep. machine always grinds on. Always. Well, okay? so this is this regardless is of anything you do. My criticism <laughs> is that it it it's kind of well, one of my criticisms. One, it's kind of grindy. It's kind of a grindy game. It's the machine <laughs> don't grind game. on. You know, like when you're in that factory job, and you're like, okay. I just want to see what happens if I get the union to do what I want. And then maybe I'll just have to do one more day's work. Okay. I got the quota down from 15 to five. Thank Christ. Okay. Like there's some parts like the worst of this was like when I discovered that DNA game, 
dude. Like, like I'm the sorry. DNA game is a li- I did not like that at you all. You literally have to sequence DNA strands. Yes. And so you imagine there's like there's a red end of the DNA and there's a white end. And it's like there's three different spaces. It could be it's like kind of electrical wires, right? And so you have to pick one of four pieces that are of like strands of DNA to go that match up. And basically you have to do like 20 in a row correctly. And if you get one wrong, it starts you gotta over. start all over again. Oh, After playing that for like 30 minutes and just hating every minute of it, I realized that there you can look at the background graphics. Yes, that's exactly it. They will help you line up. Once I realized that, then it becomes kind of easy. Oh, it's easy, but it's still 20 in a fucking row. Yeah, it is 20 in a row. Well, when I didn't I didn't know that about the background graphics, and so I was just kind of guessing. Oh no, like, that was even worse. Oh my god, it was oh, no. terrible. I seriously like I it took forever to get through like one round of that. I, I was just like, oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. What is happening? <sighs> yeah. Okay, so I did not like that part. Uh, real quick, like I do want to go over a couple more things that I really like about the game. The graphics. I think the look of the game looks great. The developer clear, clearly has some artistic background. I really like how everybody looks like weirdly deformed. They don't look human. You know, they, they're like little blob creatures. Mm-hmm. Your little guy, I love how he's animated. It's just these two sprites where he's just like walking around with his arms like flailing up and down. He looks like... If you think that this machine is kind of some kind of purgatory, he does look like he's writhing in pain, you know, everywhere he goes. He looks like a sausage from Burger Time. (laughs) Okay, right. He does kind of look like that. Right. I love the body horror kind of element of the machine. Like, the machine is clearly some kind of, like, semi-organic. You know, it has some kind of organic elements to it, especially when you go into the science uh, or the MSS, and there's the giant eyeball, and it's just twitching, and it, like, occasionally looks out at you. You know, from the screen, that's a really good effect. I like that. And just the atmosphere of the game in general, if it's, if, if it's meant to be this kind of oppressive, dismal, monotonous, grim, you know, whatever kind of adjective you want to use dystopian. Okay. It definitely gets that across. The game oozes that kind of atmosphere. I'll just on the graphics thing. I, I mostly agree with you. And I think there's definitely, I want to give a shout out to some of the pixel art that the developer put into the museum in the game yes yes it was really right cool. yeah my small criticism would be i kind of wish more of that pixel art was kind of like in the gameplay itself like i'll be honest i didn't particularly like the the, the character sprite um i thought he was kind of silly looking it didn't really i didn't feel like oh okay. I, I, this sausage meat person like i'm clearly <laughs> this person this is who right. i i'm going to live my 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 you know persona through better for me once you got your job uniform on yeah once you get it yeah once you get some clothes get it's uniform nice. uniform <laughs> i do like the chancellor uniform is pretty nice dude yeah. you strut like a badass when you're in that thing you do you have a strut but yeah. I, again i think of like daddyus where like you know there would be these moments where like this the, the screen would pan up to it sun in the sky that's like breaking and mm-hmm. stuff yes like these were really nice set piece kind of graphics i kind of would have liked to have seen a few more set piece graphics i think in this game just because i think the artists okay. can do it and it would have really added to it in my opinion so we normally talk about criticisms after we talk about the stuff we like i'm gonna be honest like i i don't really have a lot of real criticisms because i like this game enough that i really would not change a thing about it i really wouldn't However, I do have some things where I maybe just want to comment on, like, I wasn't as hot on this or that. Talked about the mini games. I definitely feel like 
they can get tedious and repetitive. You know, as I said, I really do think that that often works with the story. The problem is in a game that is based around replaying the game loop over and over again. Yep. Boy, do some of those get really tedious. Like, you know, I, I wanted to play through all the different routes that you could possibly take with the factory job. Right. And so I was talking about how tedious the factory job is with the boxes and oh man, like after the, 20th time you've sorted boxes it was like oh i am done sorting boxes yeah. <laughs> so i think that might be avoided by like taking some breaks through the game maybe if i weren't trying to cram it for a game club podcast i you know i wouldn't have gotten so mm-hmm. down on it but um but yeah that was that was definitely uh you know i i kind of wish i'm wondering if like there would have been some way to incorporate a way to skip Stuff like that, if you've played through the game enough times. I don't know, but... Especially I, I mean, since it does just... know that you finished the game before. Yeah, and right, it does, it does track that. Like, it only shows you the option to, like, skip the credits after the third ending that you do. Yeah. So it's like, it, it knows that you've played it a few times. For me, one of the, my criticisms is the music. I, I liked the music on the first couple playthroughs, but like yep. by the third or fourth time, yeah. I just I I had to turn it off and play. I like this afternoon. I played through an entire playthrough listening to Devo's greatest hits. Now that <laughs> was a surreal experience. Yes, oh I like my it. God, but it was it was really cool. Um, because ever since. You guys gave me so much shit for playing through Ocarina of Time to my own soundtrack way, way, way back in college. I'll still do that. Uh, oh, and I'll give myself shit because that music is fantastic. I I try to not ever do that, ever. But this one, you since you have to replay it so many times and the music loop is so short and it's just, it gets so repetitive that I just, I have to turn it down. Yeah. But there were times in the game where like, when you're in the secret service and like, here's an earpiece, go outside and see if you can hear me. I was like, Oh shit, I got to turn off my music. I got to turn up the sound to see if maybe there's like a or something that you have to hit in order to, you know, let him chime in or something, but it just did it automatically. So there were a few mini games where it's easier if you're listening to the sound, like the one where you're debating, like that's one where you, you have to hit a certain key and it's it's difficult to tell if you got the right one or not unless you hear the sound cuz if you if you do it right you get a like a little uh like a good sound and if you do it wrong you're like nah, nah, you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. but when i was writing stuff that i might again not exactly critiques but um stuff i wasn't as hot on the music was the first thing i wrote down mm-hmm. so <laughs> again i think the atmosphere is fantastic and if the the point of the music is to get across this very oppressive, very um, dismal kind of atmosphere. I think it it is very good at that. The thing is, like, man, that, like, main song that you hear, like, dun-dun, 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 dun-dun. Like, that's what you're going to be listening to, like, 80% of the time that you're playing the game. And, like, after maybe the fifth or sixth time through... I just, oh, I could not listen to that anymore. And in fact, I I did actually turn the music off and I was listening to other stuff. You know, I had something going on in the background. I just could not do it. Yeah, and you know, another thing, I, I the reason why I think the game might be better taking some breaks in between the game loops, it's just a very depressing game. Like, it is a very, very dark game and depressing. And I, I did have to step away at points. I played this game a lot back in October. And I got to a point where I think it was after that run that I did where I thought, okay, this is the best possible outcome. 
And then it's like, yeah, then you're forgotten by history and the machine grinds on. After that, I was just like, okay, I got to take a break. I'm done. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is I, I, my soul feels like uh, extremely squashed on right now. But good job. Good job, game. I think I'm going to step <laughs> away from this guys. for a little while. Okay. You, you got your point across. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go think about that one for a while. I'll come back later. Well, imagine this. I was playing the game and I got to the point in the game where you walk into the lab and you see the giant eyeball on the table at the exact second that Devo's peekaboo started. <laughs> and it was just like, whoa, all right, this is cool. And then at the end of that playthrough, when I, the antidepressant thing and like you're, you're living there forever until the day you died, like the Devo had gone away and i just put it on shuffle and steely dan's time out of mind came on right as the end credits started rolling and like i was like this is fucking perfect <laughs> i don't know it was just <laughs> i have no idea nice. this is how it how it happened or maybe it's just my brain like putting two and two things together and thinking okay that actually kind of works but uh that was that was fun seeing those little things happen when i was just listening to a random random music which you shouldn't do when you play a video game uh you shouldn't do if the soundtrack is an actual like item in the game that you play like mm -hmm. i just don't understand it's called you... ocarina of time bart it's mm -hmm. literally named after the musical instrument that you play we've talked game. about this already i'm sorry i <laughs> fucked up it was 20 years ago jesus christ never yeah i know never no i i did play the game again and i played it <laughs> With the sound on. <laughs> wow, that sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually really impressed. I cannot believe we took, we've complained about the minigames multiple times now. I don't think we've gone into the slide puzzle. Oh, I solved it so fast. I like slide puzzles. I like slide. It was only did, three. Did you like three. the slide puzzle? I actually did like it. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> it's, slide I didn't, puzzles. It was a glitch, man. The last slide puzzle was a glitch. Again, I, I did not think it was that bad, but you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I, it's another one of those things where when you play through the game again and you want to go that route, you got to do the whole slide puzzle over again. Oh, okay. You do it every time. That's true. That's very true. I agree with that. I had a day. That was another thing that, that made me put the game down back in October because I played through it several times. I was trying to do the secret agent route to become a secret agent. You have to beat the slide puzzle. And every time if you, yeah, and there's, if there's a lot of paths after you become a secret agent. So you're mm -hmm. going yeah. to want to do it more than once, but you cannot get to them until you beat the slide puzzle. And it's only a three by three. So it's not that bad, but it's still the fact that you have to do it every single playthrough yes. and cannot skip it. And of course, I mean, we, we joke about slide puzzles on this podcast because we played, if you listen to our interview with Kevin Hanley, we we discussed that that game Nescape also has a slide puzzle, and we had a, a live stream event where we we were uh, we were trying to play through that game in real time, and we got to the slide puzzle and it glitched out, and we had to have Kevin help us through it, and so we we joke on this podcast that uh, about slide puzzles, uh, but I didn't honestly think it was that bad. It's just that I had to play it over and over again, yeah. and I will say I will say when I was playing this game yesterday amazingly when i got to the slide puzzle i was about halfway through it every single time my game boy would crash yeah i was really lucky my emulator did not go crazy on that slide puzzle but there was definitely like in every time i try it there was at least one point where i had to like click multiple times and i was like oh yeah there's something going on like it, it i don't know if it was like just really taxing my game boy because i was for my game boy uh my game boy color i use rechargeable batteries 
And uh, they're not, they don't have the full charge of like, a, I, they're so old now, they don't have the full charge of like a normal AA battery, like fresh out of the box. And so there was something about it that this particular slide puzzle was, it was so taxing on on the Game Boy because I've got, you know, you think I've got, I've got this thing modded with an LCD screen and I've got an EverDrive in it. And so something having to like crunch the processing on this slide puzzle was just causing the thing to, to glitch out and crash. I don't know, but it, mm-hmm. I did have to play through it about like five times before I finally just got some new batteries and that fixed the problem. But wow. it was, I, it's just funny because I was joking on the, on the uh, discord. I'm like, that's it. Slide puzzles are cursed. They're cursed. <laughs> we cursed. <laughs> They're the, the arch enemy of the, the game club slide puzzles. So. No, but I, again, like all the stuff that I've been critiquing here is not really, I don't know that I'd necessarily change it. You know, I might add like an option to skip stuff you've already played before, but, fair, fair. but you know, I mean, if you, a lot of this can be avoided just by not playing the game in like giant bursts. Like yeah. maybe if you just put it down for a little bit and come back later. I think that's a good point. I think the only other, I, I basically agree with and even like feel stronger about a lot of your criticisms. I think that that's like you could definitely see a prequel or a sequel to the machine that would, be that cool. would yeah. have a lot of these addressed. The only other one that I have is that comparing it to say Deadius, right? Which I really enjoyed. Yeah. One of the things that I think this is a little weaker on is Deadius. There was one person that you were, and even though you are the same person in this game, you have like so many different like lives that you go through. And if you choose a certain path, you can actually see other people who have kind of filled in yeah. your path in this game. Right. And so the lore is, it's like this kind of like lore in the game where like you're, it's not like you're part of it. It's more just like, it's the machine's lore. It's like the lore of the machine. Whereas in Deadius, it was like your particular family and the way that you were brought up and the like relationships that you had. Like none of the relationships that you have in the machine seem to really matter. None of the like things. Well, no, that nothing you, matters in the nothing machine. Matters the, in machine, the machine. The machine grinds on. You will eventually be ground into the dirt with everybody else. Right, and I feel like yeah. that message ultimately doesn't make me want to go for a one hundred percent completion run. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's all right. Um, it's maybe bleak. that's, maybe it's that's bleak. part of what the developer intended as well. Maybe he's like hoping people get discouraged through it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. But yeah, I mean, I I can't blame somebody who does. Yeah. You know, I think it it takes a certain kind of person to to be like, yeah, I want more of this yeah. dystopian shit. Well, that's it. Yeah, I, I the incredibly depressing gameplay, dystopian stuff. Like, I mean, like Beneath the Steel Sky, awesome game. Love that. Yeah. Generally, but it has a happy like, ending. It, it has a happy ending. You can get a happy ending, though there are multiple endings for that game too. You are sure, sure, yeah. But yeah, there's there's effectively no happy ending for, for the machine. Not that I found. Yeah. Not that I found. No. All right, I tell you what. Why don't Why don't we take a little break and uh, listen to some music? <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll take a little break. And we'll listen to the, some music listen, from listen uh, to Devo. <laughs> now we'll, we'll have some of the music on here and uh we'll we'll come back and we'll have some final words on the machine we'll we'll hear what some folks on the discord have to say and uh then we'll wrap it up okay all right here we go Thank you. 
All right, we are back. You are listening to the Homebrew Game Club podcast. You can find links to our Discord, back episodes of the show, and all of our social media at homebrewgameclub.com. If you would like to help out the show, you can do so. The best thing that you can do to help out the show is to leave us a review on the podcast app of your choice. If you love homebrew games, help us game your podcast's search algorithms by leaving us a review. Do you like what I did there? Yeah. Love you it. guys are just, I'm not no. even seeing, not even cracking a smile. I don't know. What you, I didn't know what you're saying. <laughs> very, very good. Okay. I'm sorry. I was that. looking up the slide puzzle thing while you were talking. I wasn't paying I'm attention. glad that landed so well. All right. Sorry. I don't even know what you said. I'll have to listen to it. Definitely. In the definitely. Uh, the, the dad joke power is just too much right now. You're, you're just overwhelming us. I'm just exuding dad joke energy right now. Yeah. All right, let, let's jump over to the Discord and see what folks over there have to say about this. I gotta say, like, not a whole lot of chatter on Discord for once about this game. I think some folks might have been sitting this one out. If you're not into walkie-talkies, I understand. I, we had several people say, like Houston said, he's he's not really into this style of game. I know Nathan Tolbert also said he, he's he's not into it. That's okay. I'm just saying, this is definitely one that might be worth checking out, especially if you're a, a sci-fi fan of sci-fi or dark comedy that kind yep. of thing i am so into this style game i love it yeah these are these have been my favorite games that we've done on the on the podcast really are these yeah. like huh. walkie talkies they're well, and the adventure style stuff i'm just i'm not a big fan of platformers or, or shoot 'em ups but these are right up my alley i just think it's interesting because this style of game is not really that common on most platforms but it is it seems to have really emerged with gb studio as when I think of this style of game, I think of GB Studio and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it's really weird to see a, a a genre that is not particularly popular become just overwhelmingly popular on in this tiny homebrew community. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, I think that's really interesting. No, I agree. Totally. Speaking of Houston, Matt Houston, take a drink. Matt Houston said he's he's not really into this style of game, but... I found it interesting how I embraced the complete spiral of out of control life choices. Once I started down that path, I was pure destruction and loving it. So he did get that flame out ending. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was kind of what I was saying. Like you, you get up and you're just like, man, I'm, I'm determined to be a fuck up on this run. And it's, it's very fun. It's very liberating. I'm going to fuck it up in a new and exciting way. Well, and that's what, that's the thing is though. we were saying is, you know, you're like, I'm going to make the worst possible choice in every case. But sometimes it turns out really well for you, <laughs> you know, because the game does not work the way you expect. Uh, yeah, if you try to be, you try to do a good guy run, that you try to be a good guy, it is not going to work out well for you in the machine. If you are not at least a little bit ethically compromised, you are not going to get very far with this game. EC Myers, EC Myers had a lot to say about this game. He said he's really impressed and intrigued with it. The breadth of the world was surprising. And the story and world building are great, with lots of nice little details in the graphics and the dialogue that make me want to keep playing and exploring. The story of this game could easily make for some interesting short stories or books. I agree. Reminds him of the Snowpiercer graphic novel and the Hungry Cities Chronicles by Philip Reeve that has traction studies. I think that might have been... What were you talking about earlier? Mortal Engines. I think that's the book it was based on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you guys have any any final words on the machine before we move on here? I mean, I don't know about final words, but I do want to talk later, and maybe you can put oh, this yeah, after yeah, yeah. the credits or something about 
things that we saw that maybe you didn't see and you know i, yeah. I do want to talk yeah, about so that we we're i think especially bart and i are really jazzed to talk about different plot points of this game and different endings that we got and how we got them so if you are interested in hearing that if you also played through this game and you're ready to to talk about that stuff and you want to hear us talk about it stick around after the end credits we're gonna we're gonna do the rest of the podcast and then we're gonna come back to that and then we're just gonna talk about you know all the secret stuff that we found and and um so I, I, but I very, very spoilery. So I, I want to put all that at the end. So that's, that's coming up. If you, you want to get to that, just sit through the end credits. Do you guys have any other, anything else to say about the machine? I don't actually No. no? I mean, nope. I, like I said a minute ago, this style of game is just right up my alley. It's, you know, close to a visual novel or yeah. choose your own adventure i i loved those books whenever i was growing up and this really feels like like a digital version of a choose your own adventure yeah one thing i wanted to say just to kind of wrap it up so i you know when i was playing this game i said back in october i did have to put it down because it was it was it got so dark to me and you know, I was playing this game. I was commuting for work, and I don't like to talk about my work on the podcast. But I'm a I'm like a business guy, and I do businessy stuff. And I was commuting. You know, I, I had to go out of town for work. He does the best business, folks. He does the best business. I do the best the best business. Okay, the best business. Uh, but I, you know, I'm like I'm like going to work, and I got my business suit on. I'm taking like my business, you know, plane flights and stuff like that. And I'm of course like any respectable business person. I got my Game Boy Color with me, and I'm sitting there playing it. You know, anytime I'm like on the plane or. Seriously, I'm like sitting there in a business suit playing a Game Boy Color. But, you know, so I'm I'm doing this like while I'm working and I'm playing this game that is just this this critique of, you know, society and this kind of like of really industrialized society. Right. And and I'm like going, doing my job. I'm going to business meetings and coming home and I'm playing the machine. You know, I'm standing. I'm like looking out the window at like downtown Chicago at one point. And I'm just seeing all the activity there. And I'm, I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing the machine and it's just like, God, what am I doing? You know? And it's, it was just the, you know, the, the fact that I can play a fucking game boy game, a game boy game that just hits me on that kind of emotional level. It is very rare that I ever play any kind of a game that gets me emotionally moved. You know, it does occasionally happen, but that's usually something more that I feel with like books or maybe a good movie or some other kind of media. But no, it's a really engaging game. And I, for me, it's a real testament to the fact that Homebrew is bringing in developers that could not have made games before. And they're making it on these platforms. It just allows this real direct kind of attachment to a character in a way that I don't think you can do on other platforms. Like the GB platform is obviously pretty constrained like you have this little sprite who has little spaghetti arms but at the same time you can create these kind of worlds that like allow for a suspension of disbelief like if this was a 3d game right if this was like a game on the switch today right yeah you would need you, you couldn't just get away with saying like oh we're in the basement now <laughs> or like oh we're in right. the palace now <laughs> it's like it's just like writing it on a piece of paper it's like oh we're we're in the fancy place like and you can just do that and you will suspend your disbelief because it's like such a constrained screen and environment you can kind of do that i think that's awesome i think that's really really great and i'm really so positive on people using these tools at gb studio to make more games because there's clearly great stories out there waiting to be told. 
you said that and it reminded me of something that we talked about when we played Deadass, which is, you know, in Deadass, there's really horrifying things that happen, mm. but they're, they're presented in such an abstract and cartoony way that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't even really hit you how awful they are until later when you're thinking about it. And you're like, Jesus, did I just skin 37 people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? You know, that kind of stuff. And When you're there I mean, in the game, you're like, I have to find the fucking 37th person. Where the hell yeah, is he? So much easier this. to do in Super Mario 2. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, just, you know, here's here you've got a game that, yeah, I was comparing this to, like, What Remains, which takes on, like, specific... You know, here's environmentalism, and it's a critique of capitalism stuff. At the end of the day, everything works out, and everybody's happy, and you got your Saturday morning cartoon ending. But, like, here, it's, you know, this game takes such a broad target. It's like, you know what? Let's just zoom out from all that, and we're going to take a look at the entire human condition. And holy fuck, we are screwed. We are so screwed, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, to to see this on this tiny, tiny Game Boy cartridge, you know, physically tiny, but it's just a small game. And the fact that you can squeeze 25 hours of gameplay out of a game that, you know, is really just a bunch of walking around and talking. Like that. It's a walkie-talkie. <laughs> it's a walkie-talkie. And you know what? I don't even like Game Boy games that much. I've talked about this before on this podcast. Like, I don't have any kind of real nostalgic affection for the Game Boy like I do for the NES or these other consoles. Like... I didn't like my Game Boy that much. I got rid of it and got a Game Gear, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But I I found this game completely moving. I thought it was super compelling. And it's, it's. I mean, you know, it might be at the near the top of my homebrew list now. Like, homebrew games that I've played, it's... I don't think I've been this jazzed about talking about a game on the podcast since Lizard, you know? Which is the game that... It's the reason I... I, I want to do a podcast so I could talk about Lizard. After a few hours into this game, it's like, I want more people to play this. I, w- I want to talk about this with people. And I mean, we, you know, we talked with Kevin Hanley about doing the assembly line. And one of the reasons they started that podcast was to shine a light on games that they thought needed more attention. You know, it's like, this is the best of the best. This is the cream of the crop. You ne- really need to look at these games if you're interested in the scene. I hope people look at the machine because of this podcast. I hope, you know, maybe they've they've listened to a little bit. Maybe they hear me talking right now. Like, man, I got to check this game out. You really do. Yes. You really do. Because I think this game is really well known in its little GB Studio community. I think everybody needs to be talking about this game. If you are interested in homebrew, like, you should know about this game. It is an absolutely fantastic example of the just the amazing stuff that people are doing with these consoles today. You know, so long after the fact, after the console's existence, you know, the pe- the fact that people are making games like this, I mean, like this is, you know, having a narrative experience like this on a fucking Game Boy, it just blows me away. I, I'm just, I'm just shocked. And I'm saying that to somebody, again, I don't even like Game Boy games, guys. I don't even, I kind of hate them just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, as far as Game Boy is concerned, when I think of Game Boy, I think of Tetris and Super Mario Land, and that's it. Because it seems like every time, every other Game Boy game is some fucking Pokemon game, which I'm so not into. <laughs> but I agree with you, Nick. This game, I, I've never been as excited to record an episode of the podcast as I am for the one that we just recorded. Cause oh, really? I had so much stuff to say. So many, I was, you know, man. It's, uh, it's just, yeah. Everybody needs to play this game. I was nervous. It's really easy to critique stuff. You know, if you can you can pick out stuff you don't like, but if you do a, a critique or, or you want to do a discussion about a game that you or any kind of media that you you feel very strongly like an affection toward, 
Like I find that really hard to do. It's really hard to put that kind of stuff into words. And I was very nervous when going into this podcast. Like I, you know, the, the toughest episode for me that we've ever recorded was lizard and not just because it was the first one and we didn't know what the fuck we were doing, but I, I have so many strong feelings towards that game. Like I find it very hard to put into words why I like it so much. You know, this is another game like that. I, I, this, this pushes all my buttons. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be affectionate toward it just because it happens to be sci-fi dark comedy. That's my kind of jam. I love Philip K. Dick. I love Brazil. I love that kind of stuff. But this game makes it work. You know, I mean, there are a lot of ways to do this style of game wrong. Man, it just nailed it. It's a great game. It needs more attention. People need to check this fucking game out. Agreed. Boom. All right. Where do you get this game? You can get it on Incubate Games website if you want the full physical. I got to say the physical edition of this looks great. It's got the, it's uh, Ben Jelter is a talented artist and the uh, the box looks good. They also have a physical collector's edition that looks really good. It's got some pins and a poster, some other stuff. Or you can just get the digital version of the game. As of recording, it's $13. Uh, I know Incubate Games occasionally does sales, so you might want to sign up for their mailing list and find out when they do those. There is also a demo available of this game at itch.io, or you can uh, play it, I think, in your browser at machinegame.com. You can find out more about the game there. Maybe watch a trailer, stuff like that. So definitely worth your time to at least give it a look. I am strongly going to recommend that. I don't have any news this week because I was playing the machine, folks. (laughs) That's all I was doing this week and last week, playing the machine. So I did not have time to write down anything. I have no idea what's going on in the world of homebrew, except me recording a podcast. I think we are not going to have a lot at the tail end here, unless you guys just have something else you want to Get off your chest. Talk about anything. Uh, you know what I want to talk about, but that's after the credits. Let's go. <laughs> we'll talk about that after the credits. That's all we're thinking about right now. We just want to like. We just want to get out and be like. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Our next game will be Anguna. We are doing this for. So this is a game. Bite the Chili Productions. That's Nathan Tolbert. He has uh, originally created this game for the Game Boy Advance, and later ported it to the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. And then did a sort of, I, I don't know if it, I would call it a sequel or a port or what, re-released it just last year, the year before that, for NES. So what we're going to do for the podcast is we're going to take a look at all three of these, okay? I don't know if all three of us are going to play through all three games, but we are definitely going to uh, take a look at them. Yeah, I will say I have played a little bit of all three of them. They are all pretty good. It is a top-down adventure-style game, very reminiscent of something like uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, that kind of thing. So it's a it's a Zelda-style adventure game. It's a lot of fun. Where can you get this game? You can get it at Time Machine, go to Milwaukee, to the Midwest Gaming Classic, buy it directly from him and have him sign it. That's what I did. Holy cow. I have a signed copy of this game, folks. I feel... Yeah, you did. You did. Awesome. Yeah, I, <laughs> you have the... Okay, so you have the actual Game Boy Advance cartridge. Yes. Was that your first ever homebrew that you ever bought? Yeah. Or did you buy Legend of Iowa? No, you bought Legend of Iowa after you got home. Yeah. And, I don't and think that's not really homebrew. That's a hack. Homebrew? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a homebrew. Uh, okay, so yeah, you got that. I got I got it on 2600 cartridge. I got a cartridge. And I also have the collector's edition on NES. So if you would like to get this game, you can get it at Bite the Chili Productions website. That is BiteTheChili.com. You can find all three of these games. There are links to those on there. And Guna... For the GBA and Anguna for 2600 I think you can get the ROMs there for free. Anguna Scourge of the Goblin King, you can get the ROM 
uh, there is a link to itch.io. You can get you can get it, I think, for like 10 bucks, or you can buy a cartridge of that. Yeah, the 6502 Collective, you can get a cartridge from them if it's in stock. Yes. So that's where you can get that game. And I have a little bit of news. So we are going to take a summer break here. So <laughs> as we are recording, it is the middle of May. I'm looking ahead and I got a lot going on. The three of us got together and decided we're going to take a little break. And I realize, you know, it's not just us. There are people who are playing the games with us who maybe you want to take a break as well. You got stuff coming up in the summer. So what we're going to do very lightly, we are going to be back. I think this episode is going to post in late May. We are probably going to have maybe one or two little bonus episodes here and there, but I'm thinking we're probably not going to record another full numbered episode, the one on Inguna. I, I would expect this in late July or sometime in August. So uh, apologies to our hardcore fans, all two of you who are so thirsty for our episodes that you want them on time every month, but we're, uh, we're going to take a little break here. So what you're saying is this is the season finale. This is the season finale. Yeah, is is Anguna. Yes. So you can go that'll give you time to play through all three of these games, right? Yes. It'll I will do it. I will probably try to do it. I don't know. I gotta say the one on Atari is really hard. Like I found it really hard. But didn't you get some good we got some good photos and video of this Anguna cart, the cartridge, right? Mm. At the studio? Did we? I, I feel know. like I took yeah, like we we put it on the turntable and everything. Did I, I did I do a a thing? Let me uh, let me look. I can't remember. Yeah, I... we did we did a video with graphics and music. I remember that. Oh shit! Yeah, we did. Uh huh. Maybe I'll throw it up uh, on the Discord. Yeah, throw up on the Discord. Blech. That's the sound of things being thrown on the Discord, folks. That's right. <laughs> throw up on the Discord. Okay, now I gotta find it. But yeah, I'll find it and we'll put something up there. Okay, let me do my outro real quick so I remember to patch it in. This has been the Homebrew Game Club Podcast. You can find links to our Discord, back episodes of the show, or other social media at homebrewgameclub.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Mastodon at HB Game Club. If you like the show, please help us out by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or by telling all of your retro gaming friends about our podcast. If you have comments or a suggestion for a game that you would like to hear us talk about, shoot us a message on social media or email us at homebrewgameclub.com. Our opening music is by Tweet. You can find him on Twitter at TUI2A03, where you can also find a link to his SoundCloud. Our outro music is by Raftronaut, and you can find him on Twitter at 0000Jordan. You can follow me, Nick, on Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, or Video Game Sage at Divertov. That's D V E R T O V. Bart is on Instagram as clever username needed, no spaces, and Connor is on Twitter and Mastodon at C-O-N-O-R-N-A-S-H, also no spaces. Tune in next time to the Homebrew Game Club when we will be talking about Anguna for the Atari 2600, the Game Boy Advance, and the Nintendo Entertainment System. Thank you for listening. Warning, major spoilers for the machine follow. All right, so we're going to, a little bit of spoiler stuffy here, spoiler, extreme spoilers, all right, 
for the machine for Game Boy Color. I got nothing. What do you guys got? <laughs> I got it all, babe. I got everything. You got it all. Oh my god. Okay, so I got. I mean, just going through the achievements that I got in the game. Yeah. Or some choice achievements that I got. I mean, the first time I ran through, I got victory. That was great. That was like a really big. Well, which party did you get? Did you did you do the, the oh, sheep? Oh, Mawa, Mawa, all the way. Come on, yeah, you got to be a sheep when you start. Got to be the right <laughs> go for the right. That's what I like about the game is if you if you're like you go into it like I always do a run. My first run is always like, what would I do in real life? You know, which I always like. I'm a fucking boy scout, right? I always try to do like the good guy run. And this game will just eat you up if you try to do that. So you did that on your very first run. You got the Mawa victory. Well, but I was like, I was, I was, I was a boy scout. I was just wanting to do what was good for 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 everybody else. You know, I was like, you know, help the workers, fight the system, kind of thing. All right. There's a link here. Oh, yeah. that's what did you send? A huge spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> That is an enormous spoiler. That is a okay. So, what are we looking at here, folks? That is a car with the largest spoiler on it that I've ever seen. It is. That's a uh, yeah. That's great. Nice. I uh, I have questions um, of things I ran into that I wondered if you guys ran into as well. I don't know when you want to get into that. No, no, go for like, it. Let's yeah, just yeah, ask. Right Did away, you yeah. guys ever figure out what the event was at the art museum that kept you from going to the right when you walked into the art museum? No, I don't know if that's actually a, a real event or not. There's a couple of things like that where I like I'm not sure if that's actually a real thing. Exactly. That's why I was curious if It's so guys... hard to tell with this game though. Yeah. Like, because then you'll open it up at one point and it's like, oh shit, that's a real area. Like there's and another you know... one where like right beside the MSS, there's a policeman who's just hiding right between the Chancellor's house and the MSS. And, and it I'm says like, you can't go this way. Yeah. I'm like, I really want to fucking go that way. But I've never yeah. found a way to go there. <laughs> yep, me either. Uh did okay, so you know how when you go all the way to the right on most levels, you go outside of the machine and there's yep. like a big ledge. Yeah. Did you ever walk out there and see people out there? No. I did. Did you see the giant blue guy? In, I don't, uh, no, I don't think so. I could have sworn <laughs> I, I went out there and I saw two people accosting a third person, throwing them off the edge. That was one of my early, early, wow. early playthroughs before I kind of realized what was going on. And I never was able to repeat it. No, I never saw that at all. I was always the only person. What about a giant blue guy? There's a giant blue guy. Yeah. What? So one time I went out there and he's, he's enormous. Like he's, you know, your sprite is like this little flea. And he was like this giant, huge cartoony sprite. Mm-hmm. And you talk to him and he's like, hey, I just uh, was looking for somebody to talk to. You guys are like, I live in this forest, you know, and you guys are like destroying the forest. And we, we'd kind of like you to stop doing that. So is there somebody I could talk to, like speak to the manager or something like that? <laughs> but yeah, it's if you look on the so there's a there's a diagram of the machine in the manual. Mm-hmm. If you look, you can actually see him peeking around the back of the machine. That's cool. I've only ever seen that once. Every other time so I walk outside, do you have do you have a box of the, uh, you have the you have the actual physical copy? So there's a PDF of the uh, okay. like the, the it's got the uh, game manual. Because what I'm doing, I just checked out on itch. Io and the code for the safe for Mert, the guy who runs MSS. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's actually inside the box of the the physical copy. So we have been talking about this on Discord. So Treed has a box, like the mm-hmm. CIB version of this game, yeah. and he's been trying to find it. Like he can't find it inside the box. 
So the the clue that uh, Ben Jelter said, uh, use a flashlight to find it. So I'm wondering if it's like somehow printed inside the box or maybe you have to shine a light through the box. I, I don't know. But it's it is somewhere. Yeah, yeah it, I got that, too. Like when you're reading that clue, it says you have to think inside the box to find it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe it's printed in the game manual. So I actually looked up the PDF game manual. It's not it's not in there. So. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it might be in the actual physical box. I'm not sure. Let me so check I don't one. know what's in that safe, basically, is all I'm saying. I haven't been able to see that. Me either. Has anything ever come from you guys talking to the fisherman when yeah. he asks you what your favorite time of day is? Yep. What? That's that's how you get the, the chain cutters for free. What? Oh, yeah. really? Okay. How? How do you do it? So uh, Red Sky at night is what you need to say. And then he'll ask mm-hmm. you, are you a fellow sailor? I actually got that first time around because I was like, obviously, red sky at night to Fisherman's Delight or whatever. Sure. And then he's like, oh, and then which sailor are you affiliated with? And it's a list of eight people. And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know. But it turns out it's P, the leader of the commune. So if you say P, he's like, oh, tell her I said hello, all the rest. Here's a free chain cutter. And she tells you this if you get in with her on the commune path. Uh, so if you like get in with her and you're doing good work, blah blah blah, she's like, "Oh, talk to the fisherman and say these things, and you'll get it for oh, free." I got in with her enough to try to escape the machine together, but I never got that far. I, I had a re- I don't know what it was. I had a really lucky playthrough with that, where yeah, basically I just like slam dunked that whole path. Like I blew up yeah. Tartarus Prison wow. and everything. Jeez. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, I and didn't I, do any. I haven't done any of that yet. So you don't blow it up yourself. It's the guy who's like the you know Trotskyite with the like, yeah, yeah, right. Like he blows it up for you. But yeah, you blow it up and like you let all the prisoners out, and there's not really much. It basically means you have a bigger community going outside. So when you're doing this escape, and then you want to make something outside of the machine, you have like more people, but that means more mouths to feed. So I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing. But there's there's lots of things that I'm like I I just never had answered right so like for example I'm convinced that there's something about the rats that's just like yeah oh have, yeah like they because if you go to the Tartarus prison thing you like there's this like thing where you can't go to the prison door until the rat has escaped and you're like what the fuck is he doing is there like a little he runs in the there? hole in the wall yeah, yeah exactly. the whole game kind of stops until he runs right? right and then there's like they're in the subway as well when you're going in B1 mm-hmm. I don't really know what the deal is with Duo and Yoki the scientist I feel like I probably should have learned more about their relationship and then like how he was doing the there there is a there's a detective story. So there's there's like the you know the the scientist gets murdered at one point. Yes, and there is. I became the detective I, at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. I was looking on Ben Jelter's Discord, and that that was intended to be the like true. I, I guess like the final kind of ending of the game is you you solve the murder. I don't know. I have not gotten to that yet. Chris, so, there's so much of this game I haven't seen, and I feel like I've played this game a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, I kept thinking I was, I never knew how big this game was going to continue getting. I do feel like I've seen probably 95% of the, like, the spaces that you go to and things like that, but I don't know. It's like... No, I mean, I've I've only got, like, two-thirds of the achievements. So, like, yeah, I gotta feel like I've only really seen two-thirds of what can happen in the game. Mm-hmm. But I've had some weird fucking endings. Like... Have you gotten to the top floor? <laughs> top, top floor on the map? No, the the well, only I mean, time that top I can floor think is of... like floor one, like that's where the MSS and the Chancellor 
buildings. Well, it goes even higher than that. But there's another like floor above it on the map. Yeah, you can get to the top top. Like, if you look at the diagram of the machine, there's all kinds of buildings up there at the top. You never go up there. Yeah. The one time, the one time that you do see it is when you feed, when you feed the machine. Oh. It, because you're, I think you're on the top mm-hmm. at that point because you can see, like, skyscrapers in the background. I think that's where you are. You're at the very top of the machine at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's the maw, right? Yeah. Right. So that would be on the top. Right, so you got to go all the way down through the gullet, right? Which would mean well, I think on, that's I, at the very top. Is it, what is the gullet on the the floor? Because I didn't I didn't even realize this. I see this now on the map. I'm looking at the game. It's B two B one L one, and then there's like no name. Yeah, for the floor above that. Yeah, that's then when it. you're out on the roof, that's where the maw is, where you throw the baby in, and then you got nothing. Then there's the brain. Then below that is what the the lungs. Yeah, lungs and heart then. And heart and the digestive yeah. system. Uh, yeah, right. And I guess if you get run over by the machine, you can see the butthole or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. You get pooped out. You get pooped out. No, that's that's actually, I never even saw that. That's crazy. So like, yeah, what's, what do you think is the craziest ending you've had? There is a storyline where you are infiltrating the hippie commune and you're trying to break them up when the Civil War breaks out. And... At the end, one of them is like, you know what? I think we're we're done. We're just not even going to do this. Let's just escape the machine and run away and live, you know, somewhere else. So you're trying to escape the machine, and as soon as you un- try to unlock the door, your boss is like, "What are you doing? It looks like you're in an auth- unauthorized area, and you have two choices: escape or rat out the hippie commune." So I was like, "Ah, fuck it, I'll rat out the hippie commune." They come in, they take all the hippies away. You get fired from your job. You are destitute. You are depressed. You're living in a, a tent in tent. the basement too. And then it's like, but then <laughs> an agent from the marketing agency sees you and they hire you to be the face of an antidepressant drug. And there's like this commercial for these antidepressants where it's like you really sad. And then you with a like really Joker style smile on your face. And it's like you earned a lot of money enough to move out of the tent and into this shitty apartment where you lived with a crappy roommate until the day you died. The end. And it's like, Oh my God. Wow. So you do the right, you do the right thing at the very end of this really long line of shit and it fucks you. It's so that's how you escape the machine. I I have not gotten that ending yet. So yeah, I did that. I didn't escape I, the machine. I, I got off the it. machine. There's, there's actually even more lore after you get out of the machine because then you have to decide whether you're going to have a democracy or an authoritarian. Oh, really? Yeah. And wow. Jesus I, this is one of the few things that I'll be honest. I, I, I played through this game a couple of times, like 12 or more times. I don't feel necessarily like I want to go back and play it too much more, but I do know that there's more outside the machine that I should probably explore. So wow. like I basically didn't have enough food. So people started hurting each other and eating each other and stuff. Um, Jesus Christ. Really? I, yeah. But if I, uh, if I had probably not given any food rations to homeless people, to your point oh, about these ethical right, right, right. Yes, exactly. And See? if I had saved up those and uh, generally just kind of, and also trained the AI correctly to how to weed the garden, because I, for some reason, I decided not to teach him properly. I was just like fucking around. Huh. Um, art. Yeah, art. Uh, yeah, then I, I might have, I might have actually had a successful democracy outside of the machine. I feel that I still have hope for that, though. Maybe it's just going to crush me and the machine grind on. Uh, I think it'd be awesome if you set up a democracy inside of a forest and two weeks later the machine ran over you. And you yes, just that <laughs> right. That's probably what it would actually be. Craziest ending. 
I don't know. It's really tough to say. I, I got. I don't even remember specifically what endings I've gotten. There is um, the drug one was pretty cool. The drug one is. My, I, I really I, like the I, graphics I, in the I, drug I, yeah. I got one that's. You, I got one that's. I know if you if you've not got it, it's gonna blow your fucking heads off. What was it? I mean, okay. Take so me through it. There's one where I fucked up and like basically I got put in jail. And like I actually went to Tartarus prison because there's a lot of these things where like you get put into prison and like you're going to get sent to Tartarus and then you get like a, a stay at the last minute where they're like, oh, actually, you're kind of useful to us and you'd be fine. No, I got straight sent to Tartarus prison. And the other guy, Duo, is there in the cell with me and he's like, dude, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? And then there's another guy who's just some randomer and he's like, oh, my God, they're making us work so hard. And what you have to do is there's another mini game. And the mini game <laughs> is... You're in a hamster wheel and you have to yes, go right. and do the hamster wheel 100 times, right? Uh-huh. So literally you have to press the A button 100 times to get through this mini game, right? Yes. And then, so you're like, okay, yeah, Vars like, what the fuck? So I'm like, okay, this is not great. Then I they're like, this okay, I know where so, this is going. <laughs> so in order to make this easier for you, you can take, oh, this is what, because I had to do the scientist route and give them the genetic data. So did you do this? Or yes. No, no. Well, no, no, no. Well, because yeah, I didn't. I hadn't done any of that yet. But I know what you're talking about. I did this. I did this ending. Okay. So did you, before, did you share the genetic data with the bad guys? You? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Right. So what but happens? Next? I do not. Let's go. So well, I didn't. I I did a different run because I knew what was going to happen. So I haven't shared it with them yet. But yeah, if they if they have the uh, if you're in the prison. And you're on the hamster wheel, and they're making you do the work. They can say, like, you know, we can speed this up for you, so it won't it won't take as long. And you're like, okay. And they give you a pill. You take the pill. You will change into like a beast. Like it will it will deform your body. You become four legged. Yeah, like. you become like a four legged beast, and everybody thinks you're disgusting, and they don't want to talk to you. And but you can run on the wheel really fast. Yeah, you can do like <laughs> ten at a time. So it's just yeah. like ten, 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 ten. So it's like, okay, that's the mini game done. And then, so, I mean, so you know that there's that. Do you know what comes after that? Yes. Okay, what comes after that? Well, you you get, like, put in a pen. Yeah. Yeah, and you put in there with, like, a female beast. <laughs> it's like Tusk. <laughs> and you fall in love, and then you have a bunch of little it's baby like, beasts. The achievement is fall in love. It's not achievement. You're a mind-bogglingly disgusting creature. The yeah, achievement it's like, is you fall in love. I think it's like find love in an unusual place. That's, you know, that sounds pretty nice, right? But no, it's like yeah, you're you're a beast and you you have beast babies. You have beast babies, and now the, they're harvesting the beast babies for the machine. Okay. Yeah, and they yeah they uh, and so they run out of they don't have enough people. Like the the beasts aren't reproducing fast enough, so Kelt finds uh, other reasons to imprison people. They just make up crimes so they can throw people into prison and turn them into you know gen- genetically modified beasts to generate more energy for the machine. So, yeah, and that's the ending of the game. That's an ending. That's the most fucked up one I've seen. That's pretty fucked up. I'm surprised you didn't come into that, like Nick. I was like, "That's pretty fucked up." I thought you'd come. That was actually well, because I was thinking, and I was like, "I think that might be the most fucked up is the beast ending." But yeah, no, man, you just never know where this game is going to go. If you if you decide not to throw in the baby, like you get pushed into the the maw. Oh, I didn't do that. I actually just threw the baby. That's a that's a pretty fucked up ending because you you basically get digested. Like that's what happens. So it's it goes all the way down through the machine, and you yeah you get digested. So. 
Do you, um, what's you got the an achievement longest? for that. You got an achievement for oh, that. I should get uh, that. <laughs> what's the longest run you've done? The longest run of it, it's really hard to say because yeah. I, I don't know because like I'll often like put it down because it's on Game Boy, but uh, I would yeah. say probably, yeah, a couple hours. A couple hours. Yeah, this one I did today was an hour and 55 minutes, and I was really surprised that it went on that long. Yeah, there's, there's ones where you do that MSS thing, and then you go and you do other jobs, and like it just seems to keep like they keep giving you like these prompts to be like, oh, you're really good at this thing you just failed at. How about you keep doing another <laughs> yeah. tree of decisions? And like you, I think you were talking about the um, the art one where you're like making forgeries. Yeah, now that one, I totally. It's so often that I've just completely stumbled onto these. Like I did not know what you could do with that guy, and that is like a whole different arc. You know, how many times did you guys make it to chapter five? Because I once, once or twice. I was telling yeah. you guys in text. I think I only made it to chapter five like once or twice. Yeah, it's really hard to get that far into the game, and I still don't understand why it's called the like what is it the final final decadence decadence yeah like i don't i don't know why i'm wondering if there's some like course through the game where you just start purging people maybe or something but i don't i don't i've stopped trying to guess where this game is going yeah like i really don't know i i i really like the fact that you can end up either in the basement of that house making art forgeries and dying or literally the the playthrough i had directly before that was where your man Gant or whatever, yeah, he died while I was in the pool of his house, okay. so I inherited his entire house and everything. Yes, else. that okay. So I said my first one. I I ended up like in a tent down by the river. That was actually my first playthrough. I became a kingpin. Like I, yeah, he died and kingpin I took over his empire yeah. and I became the kingpin. Yeah, yeah but right. you don't that do was... anything. I'm kind of a little bit like man because you don't do anything with it. You're just like you're kingpin now. The yeah, the guy that yeah. was just like floating in the swimming pool. Yeah, he's like a friend. I don't know what his deal yeah, is. Yeah, like I was the chancellor and I walked up to him and like, because when you're the chancellor, they let you go anywhere you want. Oh, so right, they right, opened right. the gates for me and I walked in and like, I went upstairs oh, in the hotel. I haven't tried that. And like, the guy was in the swimming pool and I was like, what if I just jump in the pool? with?" Oh, him? you went upstairs at the hotel. Yeah. And I like, it was in the pool with the guy talking to him and yeah. Well, oh, that's not a hotel. Now I got to try that. That's I not a hotel. That's, 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 oh, that's, oh, that's Gan's house. That's the yeah. Kingpins. Yeah. That's no, the bad I guy's house. Hotel. The hotel, hotel is there. the one with the unicorn as the, what do you call it? The receptionist. It's down the street. Yeah. Oh, where that's like your campaign headquarters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Campaign yeah, yeah. Headquarters. yeah. Champion There's so much it. in this game. I need to play it again. We <laughs> should just keep keep playing it and do a, a machine too. Guys, like I, I really find it hard. Like I, I know that I could probably get some ending that's better with them falling out of the machine and doing better. Could there. you? Yeah, because it's not like it's fucking rocket science, right? It's just like you would think you'd get a better ending, and then the game would turn it around oh, on yeah. you, and it would Sorry, be horrible. Let me, let me, you find a fucking spaceship, and then it'd be No Man's Sky, and you're playing forever. Yeah, let me yeah. let me be clear. I can get a different ending. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, you say better ending. Yeah. Like I don't know about that. Uh, I can get another achievement probably through it. Okay, there you go, another um, achievement. But I, I don't know. I'm just like. Well, how do you guys, so how did you do the escape route? Because I really want to do that one, but I haven't discovered it yet. So how you have to you be really in with the commune. You have to like, the commune has to work. So you have to have weeded it. Yeah. And you train the AI to do the weeding. And you're just like really in with this pea girl. I think you can give oh, her you a Oh, you train flower. the AI to do the weeding. How yeah. do you, how do you get the AI to do like the weeding? like shows up one day with a secret agent beside him, Smith. 
Yeah, is, I was yeah. in. Okay. I was in my secret agent run, and that made I was, me go infiltrate I that up the first because time. Because when I when I joined the commune, I ended up doing a. I we did the revolution. Yeah, exactly. Or, or no, you got to like keep yeah. saying no to fighting and just be like, I just want to farm oh, shit. Okay, all right. And I then you. Um, uh, I went in and blew up all their shit too. Like the 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 MSS told me like, oh, there's nobody on the farm. Go back and blow up the shed. So you go inside the shed and like it it blows it up and then like pee is just like, oh my god, this sucks. There's nothing else for us here. Why don't we try oh, to wow. escape? There's a door all the way at the other end. Meet me down there. And then you get the chain cutter and you go down. Yeah. So that's it. That's like that must be like a last minute switch. But if you've built huh. it up as like, oh yeah, I've been like picking weeds and shit for you, then you get to like talk to her about the free chain cutters and you get to like hear all this other stuff i kicked out evil for like being the spy because it's like official message evil is the spy and i was like okay <laughs> but it's like clearly <laughs> supposed to be like the mss message that's like you shouldn't <laughs> actually make the fucking actual spy get kicked out and um, so i had a shitty run through on that one they caught us and we just got fucking killed but the um when i kicked out the actual spy which is the guy who's wearing shades yeah, that's who I kicked out too, yeah. Yeah, basically in the lead up to that, you're like doing like fucking humanitarian work on the, like giving out these rations and stuff. And I shouldn't have given those out. And then when you go, basically what happens is if you do that, and if the Mawa party has won the election, I think that has to happen. So I was like canvassing with the flyers and shit. I think then it's like you're in power. So the guy who's the fucking militia guy's like fuck it i'm gonna leave too we don't need these people we're just gonna go and then he brings his bomb expertise to like explode tartarus prison or whatever and then you escape and then you have to choose between democracy and being a cunt and then being a cunt that's basically it all right that's my understanding of it but again like i don't even fucking know <laughs> i mean there's like this there's, there's, i really wish i kind of i knew what the code was for the the safe now that's really the only one because well, um, so he, uh, I I actually pinged Ben Jelter to jump into our Discord so he could tell us how to get it. So <laughs> he says, yeah, if you get, uh, so he's talking to Treed here. He says we're really close. If you get creative with lighting, you shouldn't have to disassemble anything but your copy. It will be hard to see. So he does so not tell us who the fucking code is. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's it's got to be, it's it's somewhere in the box or the cartridge or something. But yeah, it's I guess you got to shine a light through the box or something. But Bart, so you know, if you get the chain cutters and you go through the chains at the at the basement, but not at the far right, but in the, the like train quicker, tracks one. Yeah, you can go through there. Yes, the code is. And then you get to go through, and then you basically have a what that brings you to meet. Oh wow! And then you can shit. This is a game, man. I I was about to have an existential crisis playing this fucking game. But all right, anything else? Have we talked Nothing. about this? Everything you guys want to talk about? I am about? two yeah. and a half hours in, and I am. Yeah. You know what? Let's no. Let's start on. You're late. You're late over there. Let's start. What is it now? 11.30? Super Mario Brothers movie. Let's do it. Let's review it right now. You want to talk about it now? Just oh my really God. Quick. I don't know if I have time to do it right now. It's already 30 here. second review. Just do it. No, I'm not we'll, prepped. We'll I'm not we'll prepped. We'll I'm not either. Let's, let's do that. We'll release that during our break. Yeah. That'll be a that's... nice casual one because we could don't. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do a whole lot of prep for that one. I just want to, I want to have a couple of drinks and just bullshit with you guys. Yeah. Are we done? I think you can stick a fork in me anyway.
Yep, I gotta go cook dinner for my kids and shit. Yeah, I gotta go play uh, Katamari Damacy. My son's been begging me to play that game so he can watch. So, I mean, he's four, you know. Okay, I guess I will see you guys later then. Awesome. Oh, should let we me, stop recording? Actually, I tell you what, let me, yeah, let, let's stop recording and let's we'll uh, save it.